Oh, it's good, my dudes. Every time I hear that damn intro, man, I feel like I'm going about to have a boxing match or something, man. That, that intro is kind of hot, man. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I know, man. I like that, too. I sit there. Look yeah, man. So, man, it's good to be back, man. We're sitting talking sports and stuff. You know, there's a couple of, couple of new things going on, some interesting developments and stuff. Plus, we got the NBA trade deadline coming up. Right. That's going to be big. You know, so... I want to kind of start off with what's in one of the biggest topics going on, uh, the NFL coaching situation, the Brian Flores and the different things, you know, different things going on with that. I mean, from my perspective, I mean, we all know that there's like a disproportionate amount of coaches that are, that are African-American or any minority for that, for that matter. I mean, do you guys think there's any validity to what Brian Flores is staying with his own personal situation? I don't know. Like you mentioned, I guess for me, you said it all when you said we all know, you know, that there's a big, um, I guess, disparity in minority coaches, which is why they created the whole Rooney Rule thing to begin with, right? So for me, that says it all. But I do think there is some validity in what he's saying. But of course, they're trying to discredit him. Well, <clears throat> well, this has been going on since uh, Dungeon been a coach. Before he got the job to coach, you know, the going on with Dungey, Hugh Jackson, uh, Frazier, the guy was the former coach for the Vikings. He's been going on for many years, you know. Um, the problem is, is, is that, is that you're not taking it seriously. It probably never will, honestly. There's a lot of um, black coaches like Eric Enemy, the coordinator for the Rams. I got his name off. Uh, he's the coordinator for the Rams. He's doing great. Uh, but I mean, Sarah French should say, these guys are quite a lot. I think it's the Marco Reeves or, or, or Rhymes. I thought his name right now. Nico Rhymes. Yeah. And um, these guys, these guys, right, by left These guys have proven for the last two or three years, even four years, that these guys could have the ability to be head coaches. And these guys can pass over for first time OCs for the Rams. And it's so bad that the Texas is going to hire um, McNown, the quarterback. He had no experience but high school, but high school team. So uh, that's just how they feel about black coaches right now in the NFL. Yeah, I, I look at it and it's kind of crazy because some people ask that the Rooney Rule help or the Rooney Rule hurt. I mean, the Rooney Rule, I think the spirit of the rule was right, but it actually kind of embarrasses people, like especially with that um, text with Belichick where he kind of had the inside information he knew. They just interviewing people as a formality, not even necessarily for, um, for the job. Like, okay, we have to interview one black person so we'll do it I mean you look yeah. at it for one thing what Blind Frost said about tanking asking to be tanked to tank and trying to get a bonus for that I mean he, he's had all the time he's been in Miami all he did was win and they didn't have a lot of talent so that should say a lot exactly he still lost his job mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Then, and then when you look at it the only black coach Mike Tomlin Mike Tomlin is the winningest coach in NFL history. He's never had a losing season mm-hmm. in 15 years. So that's that's the litmus test to stick around. And, and most of the minority coaches, when they lose and they get fired, they never get another shot again either. Right. And yeah. Some of these guys are recycled over and over again, like Josh McDaniels, who openly admitted that he wasn't ready to coach when he was with Denver. Mm-hmm. 
So it's, it's interesting. And then Hugh Jackson mentioned the tanking too. Right. With the Browns yeah, wanted him to tank too. So it's definitely interesting. He certainly did a good job of it. <laughs> you know, he should have been promoted because <laughs> they, they definitely lost a lot of games, that's for sure. But um, I look at it almost like uh, like these corporations now throwing around the whole diversity, equity, inclusion. To me, I look at a lot of that stuff as just buzzwords, just like a checkbox. Every year you get a training video that pops up saying you have to complete it, right? Once you complete it, you don't hear any more about it until the next training video next year. And I think that's almost what it's like in terms of um, the Rooney Rule and interviewing these minority coaches. It's like a checkbox. Let me just get it out of the way, right? Didn't they, I, I forget the guy's name, but didn't one guy, um, didn't it come out where one guy um, interviewed after they had already decided who the head coach was going to be? Yeah. Right? They already made a decision. Um, I forget which team. They had already basically hired somebody and still interviewed a guy just to check off that box. It was the Giants, right? But they hired Dave Hull, the, uh, the quarterback yeah. from the Bills. Yeah. I got I got an interesting thing about that. But at, at one point, Dable thought that the um the defensive coordinator who's black um what's his um what's his name Patrick Graham was gonna stay. Do you think when all of this stuff came out, it influenced Patrick Graham to leave? Because Dable in his press conference was like Patrick Graham was gonna stay unless he got a head coaching job, and then he basically left and took the same position with the Raiders. I'm sure that factored into it. Sure, hmm. factor into his decision to move on. Yeah, yeah, and, and plus, you know, and let me add this as well. The NFL is not a sport where where, where, where tanking is kind of easy. You can get hurt in NFL more than any other sport. Tanking in basketball is one thing, maybe baseball, you know. But you know, every play you throw your body around, having guys who's so strong, so big, athletic, just just jump on you and hit you, hit you from all angles, or or for three hours, you know, of a football game. So tanking, you know, is like you, know, you guys. You guys are like animals, man. These human beings, man. These guys get hurt, get injured, play injured, play hurt, pay for a contract, you know, trying to feed their families, man. And how these guys think that they could just tank in a very, very physical sport like this is, is, is real disappointing, man. It says a lot about us. How do you feel about us? Zane says that the players need to start their own league, which has got to start with their retired players and all-time great because of the active players here. And they can't really be in it. I mean, I think I think there is some 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 thing with that. I think you know the hardest part about trying to do something like that is sad to say is always the sponsors. As much as the we're the players, could we get could we get Nike and all these different people behind us? Because really, it's sad to say if you could get the sneaker companies and the sports drinks, you probably could actually start a league. Yeah, it's certainly possible. I, I think it's more possible. I think, I, I think the only issue, only issue with that is is the media, TV outlet. We're going to uh, show our games on TV. I think sponsors are no problem. Having, you know, black millionaires, billionaires, people who have access to, you know, writing things, not, not an issue. Our issue is, is what TV Pepper is willing to go on the limb and show all black football league. Yeah. Everything else, everything else, we can, we can, we can, we can manifest. I think it probably if we did, we'd probably have to start with like some untraditional type of methods to be seen. Like probably like a platform like this on a YouTube or somebody else would have to take a chance with us because they'd have to see that as some, some revenue there. And we'd have to try to get like 
The same thing somewhat what we see in where we do see some star like athletes or some big time athletes starting to go to HBCUs. Right. We'd have to get some people to decide to not go to, you know, here and come to, to our league. Mm. Yeah, that's good. Be part of it too, because it's like, how do you stop these top players coming out going to the NFL where the check is probably going to be bigger than like a startup league, especially in, in football, right? Where, you know, a career is probably a few years for most people to go out there and get hurt. So that's how do you get steer those guys towards a new league? Well, it, it happened once before, and it's ironic that it happened with Donald Trump with the USFL. Remember the Herschel Walker deal? Mm-hmm. Herschel Walker decided to go to USFL instead of the NFL, but he got like a boatload of money. Or oh, will it turn into that, um, like have that big three feeling to it, right? Where it's like the players who can't get into the league or the older guys playing. Because these guys, it's going to be hard to, to, you know, I think it's going to be hard to get these top players coming out to go go to that league. Unless they secure, you know, big, like you said, sponsorship deals and whatever, and the money is right. Yeah. Zane says that all the sponsors were considered, but it's a lot of pressure for the NFL to do things the right way. And he says, look at how Ice Cube started the, the big three. Shanar says the NFL is a plantation and any other league gets traction the NFL is going to intervene. Nobody in college was trying to enter the XFL draft intentionally. Mm-hmm. Which was true. The, the XFL yeah. actually, to some extent when you watched it, was a somewhat more entertaining league because some of the rules were like a little more progressive but they squashed that real quick. Yeah, that's true. And like I said, it, it, it was a bit exciting, I think. The Rock, I heard The Rock owns the XFL now. That he's yeah, yeah, he's gonna try to bring it back like in a year. But from what I understand, it's gonna be not necessarily in competition with the NFL, but something more in conjunction with the NFL. So basically, gonna turn it to to a um, uh, minor league thing. It looks like. The NFL is too powerful for any any other league to try to compete with them. As far as talent, revenue, uh, media platforms, you know, like like uh, whatever the man have XFL, they had they had uh, good uh, ideas, different rules, uh, camera angles, NFL still their camera angles, you know, there's all that for sure. You know, also too, having football in summertime is kind of tough too as well. A lot of us on vacation, summertime, trying to hang out and, and travel and do other things. So football, like football in the, in the summertime is kind of tough. At the same time, trying to compete, because McMahon was trying to compete with the NFL. That was his problem in the first place. He still said, no, nah, I'm not trying to compete. He's trying to do our own thing. So, uh, but that that being said, uh, you know, the NFL got a lot of work to do as far as uh, black coaches and uh, men in that between having more black coaches than the NFL. Shanon yeah. says the NFL took a lot from the XFL in terms of production. And, and you see Facts. that, like the new camera angles and the stuff you see like the perspective of the people coming from the helmets, that's, that's definitely there. When you look at the, the coaching situation, I mean, at first Goodell came out and he kind of like completely dismissed what um what he what um this guy said, and then was him he circled back and said that it's unacceptable the amount of coaches and how it's actually going going there. So, I mean, the NFL, unlike the NBA, where it seems like the NBA players have a little more power within the league to try to make some change. 
I don't know if the NFL or the, the players have that type of pull to try to force things to be a certain way. I did hear that one of the Sean Watson's issues was that he wanted to play for a black coach, that he wanted them to hire a black coach, and he didn't want that other guy that they hired, so. Right. Stay tuned or not. The next thing I want to talk about is the Winter Olympics. I mean, now for nothing, I look at look at the whole situation around America, and I'm sure there's people that have like some obvious interest in it. There's people who have, may have, you know, participated in a lot of winter sports and different things or something. Do you guys plan on looking at the looking at the Winter Olympics? Are things in the Winter Olympics that interest you? Because I don't really see see it necessarily being the biggest draw. Let's say draw as far as like people in the United States in general. Yeah, I don't really have much much uh, interest in it. One thing I was reading a, a interesting article the other day though about it. And they were saying um, that all all of the snow there is human made, you know. So I thought that was interesting because they were saying uh, it, there's like a ton of resources that are required to to make that man made snow. Um, I think they said something like 49 million gallons of water or something, all type of machinery. And not just that, um, like some of the athletes were saying that it, it becomes a lot more dangerous because that snow isn't fluffy and, and soft, you know, like normal um, snow. So that's one thing that I found interesting about it. Zane says he hasn't watched the Winter Olympics in decades. I mean, I can't say that I've watched much of the Winter Olympics in, in, a, in a long time, too. I don't, I don't really see, like, I don't even really know if I watch too much now or anything. But I mean, maybe if you're flipping through the channels and something interesting is there or something. Like, I don't know, maybe something. I think Sean White is doing the snowboarding thing, but I wouldn't look for it. If I was flipping through the channels and it was on, I might look at it, but I'm not going to look, look for anything there. Yeah, I, I think he retired Sean White recently, a few days ago. He announced his, he announced his retirement oh, <clears throat> from Olympics. Wow. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm with, I'm with Zane too. I don't, I, I don't think I monitor it. But as a little kid growing up, I followed a lot more because a lot of the athletes were more into it. It felt more meaningful. Yeah. I guess you know, you're at different times now where a lot of these guys don't want to, don't want to you know, represent the, the country or, or uh, for the need to. And, uh, you know, Right, right now, I guess everybody's mentality is different right now. So, if plus the marketing wise, you know, who's out there to, to, you know, get your interest to watch it or turn the TV on or turn on, turn your tablet on, look at the phone and see what's going on, you know. So, I don't think it's that level of like national pride either that it was before. Right, right. As far as, as far as like people just watching it because it was America and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I mean, part of that could be because we kind of get clobbered in the Winter Olympics or something. So yeah. people, people like to watch people winning, and we haven't done well in the Winter Olympics. Well, I don't even know one. <laughs> I don't even. <laughs> James, this is the last time with the Jamaican Bob sleep sled team was the last time. I, I, I gotta agree. Cool they, my names. Yeah, yeah, right. Momentum. Everybody tuned in because they want to see what's gonna happen. That's funny. I, I mean, I can't even really say I could name really, really. Any, let's say, many real athletes in the Winter Olympics. A big part of it for me is is um, growing up in the in the Bronx, right? There was no ski slopes, or you know, mm -hmm. I just don't relate to the sports at all. 
I mean, this how this how old I'm. Is that is that speed skater dude? Remember, I think they had him on TV through commercials. Apollo Ono, is he still doing that? Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> no, that's a long time ago. That's how far ago I watched the Winter Olympics or something. I mean, you would think like I mean, plus two, you got to figure they in competition with the NBA, the NCAA, you know, some you know, the Super Bowl and NFL, you know, right now. So realistically, it's, it's, not, it's not a good time for them to even be on. Right. And if you think about it, people in America like hockey too. So even the NHL, it's, it's, it's not, it's, it's still out there. Yeah. It's about soccer right now. Soccer is more popular than anything else right now as far as uh, Olympics. Shannon says, I like skiing. It's strenuous but fun. Mm. You know what? I, I believe that. I believe from participating in those different sports, it probably is, like skiing and stuff like that. But I mean, to, to watch it, it's probably a little different. Than... I think there's been some major uh, injuries, too, um, even before the Winter Olympics started. Like, I think um, some lady who was supposed to be, I, I think she's involved with skiing, right? She, she was, like, supposed to be person they were saying was going to win the gold. I know mm-hmm. she's like some major injury or something. Yeah, I don't recall her name, but I remember that situation. Jane said the X Games skin is the shit. I actually, <laughs> actually got to say, those in the X Games, they do have more interesting stuff than, than necessarily the Winter Olympics. Okay. Yeah, I did hear about the lady who, who got hurt. I said that was probably one of our, one of our only hopes winning this or something i mean if you look at it i was watching something before and they had some event where a guy was like on skis cross country and he had a gun and he was stopping shooting stuff i'm like okay i can't really even see where this would happen anyway right sound like you're doing like military maneuvers or something that's <laughs> actually a sport that's a sport yeah. in the yeah, winter yeah it's a guy who skis like cross country skiing he's got a gun on and they shoot stuff then they start skiing. <laughs> That's ridiculous. I have no interest in that at all. I'm not, I'm not trying to see that at all. No. Okay. So that's something. I mean, next thing you know, they're gonna put. Uh, the funniest thing is we talk about this, and they took stuff like wrestling out of the Olympics or something. That yeah, might. I might have watched that. It might be more interesting than watching somebody cross country skiing or something. If I was forced to choose, I'd rather watch wrestling than a guy skiing and shooting a gun at the same time. For sure. <laughs> He's auditioning for the next Bond movie. Yeah, right? I don't know what's going on with that. That's a bad idea, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a long story. Uh, yeah, exactly. I don't, I don't get that. So, speaking of Bonds, Barry Bonds, he said lost his last chance on the I guess on the official ballot to become a Hall of Famer. The only hope he had hopes he has now is what they call I think the the historian ballot or you know some kind of like like I guess honorable mention or whatever that thing is. But, and that would still have to happen probably this fall. I mean what do you guys think about Barry Bonds? And I think Roger Clemens is out too now. But both those guys not making the Hall of Fame. Throughout this whole thing, has Bonds ever released a statement in terms of him not getting into the Hall of Fame? I never no. even heard anything. So. Only Roger did. Roger Simmons did. You know, it says they got to get in through the Giza committee. <laughs> <laughs> 
Like, did Barnes ever actually formally get caught failing a test or anything like that? Or do they... Like, I know they had his name in the Balco lab, but I don't even know if he ever got a failed test. Right. I don't know if he ever got suspended. Did he, I think he did get suspended, I think. I have to Google that. But uh, what, I, what I report on my head, I think uh, his supplier spoke spoke up and, and, and accused him of uh, su- supplying him. Jay says Jose Canseco book messed it up for all the steroid floors. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that's sure did. Um, remember his his supplier, whoever went to jail for him, he wouldn't say nothing. That guy went okay. to jail for, okay. for like six months or a year, right? Because he okay. wouldn't give him give him up. Shannon says he said he never knowingly used and was caught in the Balco scandal. So right. Right. What's interesting about not only did he not use or get caught in the scandal, here's something I always think about, about about the whole situation with both those guys too, right? Let's say Bonds did do it in the last two or three years, right? If you took out the last five years of Bonds' career, he would still qualify for the Hall of Fame. You look right. at Bonds, yeah, Bonds' first years in San Francisco, all those years on Pittsburgh. Same thing with same thing with Roger Clemens. Both those guys, steroid years aside, would have still qualified for the Hall of Fame. So that's something I wonder. Yeah. I wonder if they even considered any of that stuff. No, I think it's just supposedly what it does to the to the image of the game. I guess would be my guess. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't have any problems with it either way. If he would have got in, I wouldn't have been upset and say, oh, he shouldn't have made it because of the whole Balco thing. Same thing with Clemens. I guess I'm, I'm kind of impartial on it. First of all, let's be clear. Barry Barnes, Sosa McGuire, same baseball. Yeah. Let's, let's say Barry Barnes did it. Those three guys, whoever it is, all the guys, they saved baseball and catapulted that sport to be the number one sport for a period of time. Everybody was watching baseball. That was the number one sport in the world for a good amount of years. Because it's still because Sosa hitting 80 home runs. This guy hitting 80 home runs. Bonds is being walked, the bases loaded. For crying out loud. Still don't really say baseball. It's a whole thing. Came out with that book. He was salty and blew everything up. Now all of a sudden, he went out, you know, has somebody to be the four guy, which is Barry Bonds, or Roger Clemens, McGuire, Sosa. But those guys knew. All those guys you know, man. The commissioner knew. Everybody you know. But we, but, but we make a lot of money and number one sport in the world over the NFL and over the NBA and soccer and hockey like that. We're going to keep quiet. I hope nobody blows it up. Which Jose did. Jalan says Ortiz got in and tested positive with the media like, which is true. I, I, I yeah, thought that was strange. Yeah, and it, it is facts. It's, it's really, they didn't have a problem with putting him in there. But I don't think the media ever really liked Bob. So he, yeah. he's a victim of his own. It happened with some of those older guys too, because I know Eddie Murray. It took to like the last ballot to get in because he never talked to the media, so they never voted for him. Yeah, yeah. that's a good point. Yeah, whole thing, whole thing ain't about you know your personal preference. It's about are you deserving to get in? Put them in. It ain't about how you feel about somebody. Somebody not giving you an interview or going to your podcast or they give you a, a autograph signature for your son. It ain't about that, man. 
You got the guy playing on the field, man. If you deserve it, put him in and that's it. That's the way I see it. Baseball, baseball's real interesting with that too because if you look at it, if, if you look at the statistics all the way through, and you go by like how NBA goes, some of these guys would never be in there. So baseball was saying we had a whole era where batting 300 was like the litmus. You batted 300, you were great. And there's several people in the Hall of Fame that batted career 270 hitters, 275. Then we had a whole cycle, like you said, where guys brought it back up. Where you had guys batting Wade Boggs and these guys batting 380. You of course, guys, yeah. You guys up there batting 370, the 330, 340. I think at one point they had 100 hitters that batted over 320 or something like that, or 310. Yeah, you talk about people like Boggs and Fort Montessor. Yeah. You know, Tony Quinn, Robin Young from guys, you know, John Manley. I go on and on. I mean, even Eddie Murray was batting that fighting. You know. Yeah. Low 300s, man, you know, so. But I think what you think what you said is right. I guess that got born for the league, and it wasn't enough to generate that interest. And that's when it enters the McGuire, the Sosa, and the Pond, with the heavy hit home runs and stuff like that. And here's something interesting about Balco, too. When they busted Balco, they found Mary J. Blige's name and uh, 50 Cent. Are they going to be excluded from the Music Hall of Fame? <laughs> <laughs> Take a steroid, Mary J. Blige and um, 50 Cent can't be in the music rock and roll hall of fame, the yeah, because of Balco, yeah, right. Yeah. En enhanced lyrics, huh? Hopefully, uh, Ja Rule is not voting, right? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Zayn says the league already knew, but they turned it back on them. The big league, big wigs enjoyed having them tickets sold out but played them. Prime example was the home run derby. Yeah, yeah. He's on point. Much respect to Kim Griffin Jr. He was the truth and did it naturally. Yeah. Facts. I, I, yeah. I gotta say that. Yeah. Facts. Now says Buster and Timberland were on there too. Yeah, I guess <laughs> none of those guys could make the music hall of fame because they all got busted for steroids. Steroids and music. I got Timberland's fingers move a little faster. We know how Buster works yeah. now. All those steroids that must have enhanced their enhanced their musical performance. Right. They That's might want to. They, they might want to open up. Uh, you know the steroid era again, because in my opinion, I think baseball was on a downturn, and I'm not even talking about only because of the strike. Um, I think just in general, right? Guys, statistics were down dramatically this year. I think. Guys were barely hitting 300. Like you mentioned yeah. before, Pinata, where hitting 300 used to be like a big thing. Then it jumped up to the mid to, you know, late threes. But now mm -hmm. got, you know, in those, those late twos now. Mm -hmm. 300 yeah. might be a little over 300, might be leading the league. Hmm. Yeah. I think, I think, it was, I think, I don't know if there was a person that, nobody, I don't think anybody hit 330 this year. So they may want to <laughs> look into what they're going to do next to generate interest again. I think for them too without those home runs, they're not, like their players are not even recognizable. Right, exactly. They're being marketed right. Exactly. Exactly. Is Kanye West on, on steroids? Kanye West? Yeah, he's worth $10 billion. <laughs> baseball, right? baseball is dead. The television numbers are in the toilet and the biggest star. Trout is always hurt. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's true. 
Sure, but Mike Trout, I mean, think about it. If you seen Mike Trout in the street, just because we know baseball, we would know who he is. But I can tell you, I don't think seven out of ten people could recognize Mike Trout if he was sitting next to him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. You can't have the stars of the league and people not even know who they are. I mean, they're, they're literally, for sad to say, they're worse than football. Because football players got helmets on, and I can still tell you if i seen Alvin Kamara. Well, Stephon Diggs, you can still, you know, they're still recognizable. I know, I know it would any of the Watt brothers look like if I seen them in the street. Mm-hmm. So it, it's definitely, it's definitely bad. You probably, you probably mocking or Chinese for the Indians, you know, because people over uh, Japan and China, those guys are buying tickets, man. That, that's where the money's at too, man. In all these sports. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why you see that tiny, a new cover, new baseball video game coming out pretty soon, and commercials and ESPN and magazines so that's what it is they're going where the money's at money's where, money's where old tiny and his people's man overseas in China and Japan yeah said and they forced some pitches to throw down the middle they made the strike zone small to generate offense to do a score strike and all. yeah that's that's true yeah, it's, it's amazing point. like how like how you still not walking and they trying to let you hit it they trying to let you hit it and mm-hmm. guys still can't hit it I mean, you, you, it's one of those things where like, you, you look at these guys, they're paying them a lot of money, and the, now you see the players, listen, like, they got this lockout thing where they're fighting to get even more money. I don't know where it's going to come from. Like, there's no television revenue. Like, realistically, because we are hometown fans, so we probably watch our hometown like Yankee games and stuff like that, but do you watch any of those other really games a lot? I mean, how many games? watching the like you know watching the game and even like you know if you watch your own home team you're watching the Yankee game I mean do you watch sit there and watch the full nine innings all the time playoffs maybe yeah outside of the playoffs regular season maybe the beginning of the season and then towards the end if there's like some some chase to get into the playoffs or something like that but I think the season in general is just too long. 162 games, nine innings. The game itself is long. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I grew up a baseball fan. My first love was baseball, so I don't, I don't find watching baseball. But uh, I'll try to catch some of it, which I can, depending on my schedule is, you know. But uh, yeah, I can't watch it all the time. Most games like I used to, man. You know, I get older, get family like that. But like I like was trying to say, they need a market, they, they spark a little better. So we all can, you know, have, have more interest in the sport besides our own just personal team growing up. Yeah. So Shanah says the owners know the revenue is down and that's why they're fighting against the increase of salaries but all baseball numbers are down and marketing sucks. Well said. Yeah. And Zane says I think baseball is more accessible to strength enhancing because of the amount of games in the regular season. Yeah, I, I think that's that true. Both of those are valid points. The crazy thing is that is that when you when you look at it, I, if I'm a, a baseball owner, there's no way I'm giving people more money because we're not making money. So I can't give you I can't give you more of what we don't have. Like they already established some crazy models, giving out like I think the Padres kind of probably pissed off a lot of teams by giving out those ten year deals. Don't they got two players with ten year deals on the Padres? Yeah, it seems like other teams are trying to roll back off of those deals. They didn't want to start giving those deals. They wanted to kind of get away from it. And these guys went out and put two. 
And some of the things in baseball do have to be changed. I, I kind of hate the way free agency works, where you basically stuck with a team for six or seven years, and then depending on what time you go up, like a guy like Aaron Judge, realistically, if he played a sport like basketball, he probably could have made a billion dollars. But because he's in baseball, when he becomes a free agent, he's going to be 30 years old. So yep, yep. unless they give unless they giving out deals based on good faith, there's no way he's getting a 10-year deal at 30. Right. And like, you, know, you, know, you just you just age against him too at that time for you going to do. Yep. Yeah, that's a good point. Zane says they have to keep up the man the man the man. And yeah, Fernando Tatis, yep, he's got he's got the deal deal yeah. But you you look at it. A lot of guys that are looking at, if you come up in baseball and you don't come up right away, you're never going to get to the money. Right. Right. That's one of the things, you know. I can understand them fighting for that part of it and fighting for increased minimum salaries, but some some of the stuff even, I don't even know if salary arbitration makes sense. Like, I could go out there, have one great year, I could go from making $4 million to be salary, salary eligible for arbitration and go from 4 million to 19 19 for one year after I raised my batting average 20 points we got 6 more home runs next year stink and then you keep going back and forth like that mm-hmm. yeah. I'm sorry it's definitely a weird system that they gotta work out also want to add too as well like they have a revenue sharing too in baseball, which which is I don't think where teams like this, the the Pittsburgh Pirates or say Cincinnati Reds, they get more money for other teams who make more money, say the Yankees, you know, the Mets or the Dodgers. These guys have big revenue, so the revenue sharing and, and, and you guys like sit at the bottom. See, I'm sorry, uh, Pirates bringing an extra twenty million for the Yankees, you guys spend no money. That's a power right there itself. You guys are not trying to win. Yeah, well, yeah, what's the motivation of one? Right, Honestly, right. I dug at these stadiums right. for $10 to pay them horrible salaries for underperforming players. A regular working class person can't take their family to the game. I think that I've seen, from what I've seen, there was only one stadium, and I think it might be Atlanta, where he said that he wasn't going to charge, like the food is supposedly tremendously cheaper than any other, other place. It might be the Braves. Mm. But realistically... You know, you've been in the Yankee game recently. Yes, yes. <laughs> so, you know what those costs are like. Yeah, I, I went with my two boys, man. Forget about it, man. You know, you know our kids want everything, man. So, food-wise, they want everything. Cheese fries and hot dogs and all this stuff. Man. It's crazy, man. Ridiculous, man. Ridiculous. Got you for some cheese fries and a hot dog for $25. Man, listen, man. No drinks. She she said no drinks, right? You yeah, know? no. <laughs> no yeah, on a drink, that's another eight dollars right, for a soda. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's it's just it's just too much. They they so they figure they they gonna get it back somehow. But baseball, yeah. I don't I don't know. They they don't seem like the they they're gonna be a successful model in the future. They're gonna have to come up with something. Mm-hmm. Short games, make it more exciting or something. Mm-hmm. I wasn't that over time. On the side note, fellas, if you guys have time, when it gets warmer and season starts, man, you can do a road trip to uh, Camden Yards, man, to Orioles game. Fantastic. Yeah, I, w- I definitely want to do that. Fantastic. Camden Yards is dope, man. Get, get good seats for good prices. And the variety of food is outstanding. 
outstanding. Especially if you have, you love seafood for sure, man. Social crabs, yeah. all kind of stuff, man. He got it there. Name it, he got it there, man. But Tammy Roth is very nice, man. That was your road trip with the family, your, your friends, or whatever. Or just the fellas, man. Very nice, man. Tammy Roth. No, I said he was going to the Yankees bleachers was under ten dollars before. I remember that when the bleachers seat was like eight dollars to go to the bleachers. I don't know if you probably might be like fifty dollars <laughs> to go to the bleachers now. That's true. I remember when my uncle took me to Yankee game and bringing a, a, a big bag of White Castles, man. No problem. You can bring in food, man. These days, forget about it, man. I get that ten dollars for a hot dog. Zane says he's got to come up for a Yankee game with us. We got to get out there where you at to one of them Camden Yards games that's going to field. Camden Yards is the way to go, fellas. We can do that, man. Have a good oh, time. Honestly, they're moving to Camden the left field back at Camden Yards, too. Yeah. I don't blame them. About time, man. It's too <laughs> short. Fly ball to home run, man. You got to do that, man. That makes sense. Yeah. So, the next thing I'm going to talk about is the NBA trade deadline. Yeah, a lot of a lot of things going on. A lot of things may be going on, may not be going on. I mean, I personally don't think any of these big name players are gonna move. Like, I don't see James Harden going to Philly. Like, that would be crazy. I don't know about Bradley Bill moving and some of the stuff. But I could tell you this personally. I, I know there's some guys I can name like one or two that if they could unload. They would. If the Lakers could unload Westbrook, he'd be gone yesterday. So, so that's one one guy that's definitely going. Who do you guys see moving, and what's it? Who do you guys see staying? I hope one of them moving is Julius Randle. <laughs> you know, I think we got to get him out of New York, put him out of his misery. And I, I like him going to Sacramento, hopefully, in that De'Aaron Fox room. I don't know how true it is, but I would love to see those two just swap for each other. Fox, I don't think is necessarily the greatest, but I think he'll be a better fit than Julius Randle. Um, so those are guys I hope move. Like you said, uh, Russ, I'm sure LeBron has been looking for trades. <laughs> Forget about the GM, Palenka. I'm sure LeBron has been looking to trade Russ for a while. Um, but I don't think he's going to get traded. His stats are down. This is a, a, a terrible time for Russ. Plus that, you know, it's the contract. I think maybe somebody like uh, Spencer Dinwiddie could be on the move. Um, somebody like that. There's a couple of guys who could be moved, but like you said, I don't think any of the big names are going anywhere. Julius Randle is such a bad turn with New York Knicks fans that we're willing to take Russell Westbrook right now. That's how bad he is. We are willing to take Westbrook off Ellie's hands. That's how bad he is with the Knicks fans, man. But um, that being said, uh, I think Kate Brunson from the Mavericks, the point guard Brunson, look at the fan of his, man. Might be a little undersized, though, but yeah. he, got a, he, he got a good heart, he got a good vision, you know, to facilitate. He can shoot, make clutch shots. I like him a lot, man, really. I really do. So, um, around the Knicks, I'd rather have Brunson than Fox. You know, Fox might be bigger, more explosive, and uh, more dynamic. But uh, as far as a good fit, and get everybody involved, and you know, run a team, I like Brunson for the Mavericks if we could put him away from them. Um, Zane says Zion Williams to the Knicks would be heaven. I mean, if they could pull that off, I mean, I don't know if they, well, they probably have to trade half the team. Everybody except for R.J. Barrett and, RJ Barrett and Cam Reddish. And then you still have to give them like four years worth of draft picks. 
get that get that deal done here. He's injury prone too already, so I don't know yeah. about that. I do think I do think of course Philly's gonna try to trade Ben Simmons again. I mean they they have to, but I I, I don't see him on the move. They, they might want to get rid of him, but probably in the off season for him. You want too much for him, man. You want too much. You're not playing. You want too much for him. You could have got CJ McCollum and four other guys from Portland. You could have filled any bench and getting more versatility, but the demand's too high. Zane said, like Shaq said, Westbrook plays too fast. Yeah. I mean, Westbrook at this point, I don't even think it's a team that plays that type of pace anymore for Westbrook to be able to be successful. He's got to probably reinvent himself. I think this year is basically like a... Um, is, is basically a, a, a wash for him. The thing I say about him is uh, a lot of it, what we're seeing from him, is probably, uh, I would say is a big part of it is the Lakers and, and not just him. And what I mean by that is they almost set him up to, to fail, right? They put him into a system where LeBron is ball dominant and so is Westbrook. So unless they're alternating who's going to dominate possessions, then Westbrook is useless out there. He's not a shooter. LeBron, every LeBron team needs shooters around them on the perimeter. So I don't know what made them think these two would be a good a good pairing. Westbrook needs the ball in his hands. Westbrook is great as as an attacking point guard on the losing team. I don't ever really see him winning anything, but he'll be he'll be great on. You put him on Sacramento, let's say. Instead of Fox or whatever it is, and he'll be back to average in 25. He just needs the ball. He can't shoot. If you, you look at some of the teams or some of the players out there, I don't even think it's that good a class of players out there as far as uh, making trades. I mean, Zane says Westbrook can play Flash in the upcoming Flash movie. I don't think there's too many, too many people that you could actually have out there that you that you can deal for now. It's tough to make a deal in the NBA now, like manipulating the draft picks and moving players, salary cap, and the, like. I I personally think the Knicks got to steal, but the coaches got to go because Cam Reddish should definitely be playing. I don't understand that where he's got he got traded for. They actually traded away a draft pick too, a first round pick to put a guy on the bench and outside of rotation. But you like the rotation? Somebody should ask him does he like losing. <laughs> yeah, that's what bugged me out with Tibbs. But that's what got him fired everywhere else, right? He just doesn't, he doesn't grow. You know, he just keeps trying the same thing over and over, expecting different results. Hey, I, 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 I'm sorry, you got to know, I didn't want Tibbs. Remember that? I didn't want Tibbs at all because I see this coming. And I thought, I thought after his first good season in this, we wanted to do getting better in players. Just how we got Fournier, we got Kimber. And, you know, he's not playing the young guys. We we trying to you know find find a young stud and, and get cohesiveness for young dudes, man. And look what State did. He got uh Clay and Curry and Draymond and you know, other guys. You know, saying other guy, I'm, I'm, I'm Kid Barnes from UNC. Pretty young kids, man. Let them, let them guys uh, gel and see what happens, man. And those guys took time before they grew up to go to the NBA. Took about a good three, four years. That was we knew. Pretty young kids, man. Look at the rules, man. We need a more fun years to come and walk as of the past, you say. Hey, young kids, man. Dan is style. Dan says to bring back Phil Jackson for them Lakers. Four years, 60 million, if not more, for Phil. 
Yeah, I mean, at this point, they're going to need a lot more than Phil. Phil will win unless Phil's suiting up. Right. Yeah. Phil had, he went about it the wrong way, but he has some good ideas. Like, he went about the whole Carmelo thing the wrong way. Yeah. But, you know, Carmelo was on the downslide, right? Same thing with Porzingis. Eventually, Phil was questioning whether uh, Porzingis would be durable, right? And look, look now. Porzingis can't stay healthy. And I think we could have, at the time, flip Porzingis for, like, Jalen Brown and somebody else, right? There was, like, serious deals, a lot better deals out there to be had for Porzingis than what we ended up getting. I think the NBA is, the NBA is one place where a lot of times players succeed based on what team they go to or who they play with. I think Porzingis, one of the problems with Porzingis is that it actually sounds crazy is playing with Doncic. Doncic is a bold dominant guy who was yeah. in, who literally doesn't play any defense at all. And he has like literally he's 24 still seconds in the shot clock. He's got a 19 seconds in his hand. So the best players yeah. to play with him is a guy like Tim Hardaway Jr. or somebody like that where they'll catch it and shoot. Whereas Porzingis, he actually likes to have the ball in his hand somewhat to try to make a move back down or whatever. And he just now he's just spotting up at the three pointer. Plus, to his personality, neither one of those two guys are leaders. Right. Like personal, like Porzingis. But if you could trade Porzingis to a team like with a guy like LeBron, he would thrive. He would have a lot of places if he could actually stay on the court. I think. Yeah. Yeah. And then, like as far as as far as like the Knicks are making deals, the Knicks gotta decide whether they think they can win now. Or they're gonna be a win later team because I don't. I think last year was great for them, but I don't see them repeating it this year. And some of these other teams are getting a little better with the blueprint. These younger teams, like you look at look at some of these teams building. Like I would say, as far as the future, I would say Charlotte surpassed them definitely. Yeah, unless yeah. Uh, unless the Knicks management, Leon Rose and Worldwide West, you know, catch on and, and say, hey, we made a mistake. We're going to be in trouble, you know? Like Theo said, bringing in Fournier, Kimba. We should have just kept kept our young core and just added to it with Grimes, right? McBride, those were, and even Sims, right? Those were nice nice draft picks, but yeah, they were right. on the bench. Mm-hmm. I'm just starting to play a little more, but mm-hmm. it's like topping, right? Playing four or five minutes now a game. Yeah. Uh, Julius Randle's playing four, you know, 43 minutes a night. Yeah. They're still moving. That's the crazy part. Some of those guys need to not even get to play at all. Like, I don't understand why. Forget about the foul troubles of Mitchell Robinson. You know what? What is it? Does he get some kind of incentive for not fouling out? Do they pay him extra for not fouling out? If he's only going to play 28, 30 minutes, foul out. I'd rather see 32 minutes of Mitchell Robinson fouling out than 24 minutes of Noel and Rowell getting slammed around or flopping around all over the court. I don't even want to see Noel on the court. No. <laughs> you know, put in Sim. And it's not yeah. that Noel is terrible. I think right. he's a decent defender. But like Theo said, we need to go at the youth movement, let these guys attempt to gel because we it's obvious we don't have a, a team that's ready to win right now. Zane said what the Lakers need is John Morant or Trey Young. Zane, I think all the teams in the NBA would agree that if they got a John Morant or Trey Young, it would change their change their team. 
those guys are like those guys are different type of players. Like, but high level, not even they moving to superstar level. Those two guys. I'm not saying he's as good as them. Maybe he is. Maybe he isn't. But the difference between the Knicks and those organizations is when they brought those guys in, they put their, the ball in their hands immediately. Just oh, yeah. let them know. R.J. Barrett, right? Again, I'm not saying he's on that level, but we don't know what he is because Julius Randle's pounding the ball for 20 seconds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. It's like, if you look at, look put at the some ball in R.J.'s hands and see what he is. Some of the teams that's coming up, if you look at them, LaMelo's always been LaMelo. From day one, LaMelo got out there. They let Bridges do what he does. They let all these guys go out there and do what they do. Whereas the team where the Knicks, on the other hand, the Knicks kind of function in the way Indiana is. And Indiana has realized what they're doing is the wrong way. That's where they try to start the fire set. And it's different if we're, if we're winning games doing that. Like if RJ was backing up, he went to like let's say some of these guys that went to Golden State, right? Moses, Moody, Kaminga. So they're just there waiting their turn, right? But you're backing up Steph Curry, you know? Yeah. So yeah, it's a reason why you're backup. But RJ Barrett not getting the ball in his hand so that Julius Randle could pound it, it just makes no sense. See, one of the things about teams like let's say you just said like the, the Golden State Warriors or teams like that. Players benefit from, it's like iron sharpens iron. Players benefit from playing against higher caliber players in practice. They learn from them. So the people that leave Golden State, like, there's no way they can keep all of those guys there. So, Moody, Kaminga, all those guys. You got Wiseman over there, right? Yeah. Wiseman. Wiseman. But the thing is, is every practice, I get to go against Steph Curry. Whereas every practice, you go against whoever. I mean, I'm sure right now there's situations where we know Kemba can score. That's undoubted. We've seen that by those the four straight 40-point games. So we know he can score points. But everybody in the league knows that bigger guard is going to just try to post them up. Right. So I'm pretty much sure. With it, and that's just something that's crazy about Knicks or teams in general. Is that, what is it, the Knicks didn't know the scouting report? What did they used to do when they played against Kemba? So... You bring them in like it just is mind-boggling how you bring a bring a player in and blame them for certain things when you knew who they were before you got them. Right. Kimball was never going to be no defensive stopper, so if you wanted a yeah. defensive stopper, you should have never brought him in. Evan Fournier is not a defensive stopper, so you bring these guys in. Probably I don't know what the coaching situation is, whether Tibbs wanted them or not. You don't know, and the fact that Tips could say that Cam Reddish has got to get along with his defense, that tells me he doesn't even watch the game. Cam Reddish is one of the best on-ball defenders. I think so, yeah, he has he has good length. He's, yeah, uh, I think he has good mobility. He still has some things to learn, but he's only what 21, 22 years old. He's young, and the only way he's going to learn those things is by being on the court. I don't care how much you why. The Hawks were putting Cam Reddish on the best offensive player on the other team every game he was out there. Whether it be point guards, two guards, small forward, he played them all. But on the right. next, he can't play defense. And that, to me, that's the problem that I have with um, with Tibbs in general. Is he'll make these statements, and then like you'll see Julius Randle out there, you know, right. giving up wide open threes, not hustling back. Seen a couple of clips of him not picking up his teammates off the floor, sitting on the end of the bench. 
night by himself, standing out of the huddle on, on the court while they're on the bench huddle, all type of stuff. And I don't hear, and maybe Tibbs is doing that on purpose, not saying anything because they want to flip him. I don't know, but I heard him call out RJ Barrett a couple of times, right, for not putting in the work and this and that, right? Cam Reddish don't play defense, so I got to earn, earn what he gets. All that stuff sounds good. It makes for good punchlines, but players aren't going to respect you when they see you're not holding everybody accountable. And Cam Reddish will be a beast by next year. Yeah, I agree. I think that's probably what it is. I'm assuming, at least I hope so, with Cam Reddish, right? If not, I think it's going to be a clash between Leon Rose and company and Tibbs because, like you said, they didn't give away draft picks and everything yeah. else just to have this guy become the new Kevin Knox. Well, you want to hear something? hear an interesting thing about Cam Reddish, and this is why Tibbs and these guys are crazy. If you go back and look at the draft video, they took a, took a poll from the players in the draft about who was going to be the best player in that draft. You know who they said? Cam Reddish. Cam Reddish. Yeah. So, Cam Reddish, I remember seeing Cam Reddish play in high school, and all these dudes you see him playing, he's killing these dudes. He had like 38 points like a game. The third, the third prospect coming out of high school? Yeah, like yeah exactly. Third or fourth rated prospect? Yeah, he's he lost his ability. He just hasn't had a real <laughs> opportunity yet. Yeah. And remember when Atlanta needed who's who was scoring those points to bring them back in those playoff games last year. Even this year he had a couple of thirty something point games just before yeah. they traded him. Yeah, so, so they flipped him not because he was a scrub, he's just gonna be up for a contract. Yeah. It, it was a good value move for them at the time. And they weren't gonna pay him. Yeah. They weren't gonna pay him, so they got something for him, which was smart right. on their part. They they sold high. Makes sense. Chip is an issue, man. I always knew it. You signed him. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it, man. Trying to get him out of there, man. Let's go young. Who are we going to hire to replace him? I don't know, man. But get him out of there, man. I did see some of these other teams that some players are more interested in opening trades now. I don't think it's going to happen, but I seen where um, Bradley Bill now is a little more open to the idea of being moved. TJ McCollum seems like he doesn't care either way. And I heard that um New York's New York's old homeboy from Utah. I don't think he's gonna Yeah, I don't think he's yeah. gonna be in Utah. He wants out of that. I supposedly him and Rudy Gobert not getting yeah, along again, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm 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 here with Miami on this for him. Shadon yeah, says, so says Tim's downfall is the he had last year. And I think that changed the, you know, it, they tried to speed up the process. They tried to speed up the rebuild, right? And mm-hmm. went out and got Kemba and Fournier because yeah. they had a little little success. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He couldn't score in the playoff, too. He couldn't score in Atlanta. He couldn't score besides Randall. So he kind of sacrificed yeah. defense for scoring and it didn't work out. Tim said, now he's too small. said, now he's too small for his own damn good. <laughs> I think I think he's he, he's overplaying. Like he's the, I, if you look at any NBA game, as much as we talk about defense and everything, the team that wins is the one that scores the most points. So ultimately, Golden State is not the greatest defensive team. Neither is Phoenix. They're not the greatest defensive team either. But when they need to, they make stops and they can put the ball in the hole. Mm-hmm. And the crazy thing with Tibbs is he makes like zero adjustments. Obi Topman could check in the game. <laughs> And drop 10 points right away 
once, once that yeah. time comes, those, those two <laughs> minutes are over, and Randall's coming back in the game, no matter what Toppin is doing. You know, he's gonna have 30 in five minutes. He's a robot. Um, hold on. Yeah, he looked at that that sheet to see how many minutes people should be playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, he does, he, you know what? He he's still thinking old school. Guys gotta earn their way. They gotta fight. For yeah. Them. But meanwhile, that that also messes the teams up too. Because remember, Cam Reddish is he's got next year will be his last year. So you could make it so he does not even want to be there regardless. And I have no problem with the old school mentality of earn, you know, earn what you get. It's just everybody got to earn it. <laughs> you know, Julius Randle right now, he definitely hasn't been deserving of 40 minutes plus a night. You know what? Toppin is out there, you know, hungry. And Toppin, yep. he brings a lot of energy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, the ball is zipping around. Yep. Block shots. They're playing only, you know, five, six, seven, eight minutes a game. That's discouraging, right? I've seen a couple of times where Tim pulled Toppin out, and you could tell Toppin looked like he was frustrated because he's playing well. You gotta, you gotta find a team right, like right now where Randall's had a good game last night. I think the game before he did all right. If he can put together a good West Coast trip, I probably would look to see if I could get somebody to take him because that way you could at least show that he still, you know, has the ability. You would try to sell high. But you got to get somebody to take them quick. Isn't the, the trade deadline is what Thursday or something like that? The right? only, I mean, coming up, yeah, I know that. The only type of teams that'll take them is I, I could see a team like maybe the Spurs might because they got a bunch of young players and his salary is still not that high. So, but I don't know how much talent you get. Probably duplicate positions again, twos and threes. Um, Oklahoma City, but you'd have to give up a draft pick. <laughs> the Lakers are taking them. I think Sacramento would take them. Sacramento would take In theory, the whole Fox, him and Fox swap, in theory, makes sense because they like Halliburton and they just drafted uh, Mitchell, right? Yeah. They, 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 might, Mitchell. they might consider they just They paid Fox. You know, Fox is due like $160 million or something yeah. crazy. They, so they, they don't want that contract. But they, they're probably in line. They're probably want to take back um, Marvin Begley and give him somebody like Noel or something back because they just want to get Begley off the roster. Which is not yeah, bad. And I, and I would I would do that. Tibbs ain't gonna give him no run. Right. <laughs> you know, but yeah, I would we, take him. There's another guy with, with potential. The only way you're gonna get Tibbs to play these, these kids is by trading all the veterans away. And I think management is starting to realize that. That's why you see the Alec Burks rumors, Fournier rumors. The best way to get the Nets can make a deal with the Knicks. You know what they'll give him? The Knicks will give him um, Mitchell Robinson for Paul Millsap. He like that. Paul, Paul Millsap. We'll trade for De'Aaron Fox. Fox will be in the starting lineup, but the power forward will be Todd Gibson. Mm-hmm. He'll top him playing forty minutes. Todd Gibson. Yep. yep. De'Aaron Fox will play twenty-four minutes because the defense is where anywhere it needs to be. He'll be sitting down. In a three three point guard rotation between him quickly and um, it's <laughs> crazy. Uh, but speaking of Sacramento, other guys on the move. Buddy Hill, right? He seems to be yeah. on the move every year. They, they want him out, yeah. so I think he'll be gone. I think he's a bad chemistry guy. I don't think they like. Mm. Him. 
I know Atlantic right. probably wants to move a couple of their their guys too, right? From the front yeah, court. Five, five, five small power forwards they got. Bogdanovich, I think. Yeah. Yeah. They got a, they got a lot of I mean, OKC's always willing to make a deal if you're willing to give up your draft picks. I mentioned, Spen, I mentioned Spencer Dinwiddie. He made some comments, uh, I think it might have been towards the beginning of the season, uh, about, did you hear when he said he uh, tried to, I guess, make some comments about, he was basically trying to be a leader, and he said his opinion wasn't welcome, so he just shut up. Yeah, I don't yeah, think he that. Right. that in like a post-game interview. Now he he tried to make some comments about different things and his opinion wasn't welcome. They said the Knicks need Judah Mintz. He'll be on here with us soon. Yeah, Judah Mintz is good. <laughs> he is. Yeah, they could definitely use that. Hey, T, I'm going to switch gears and switch topics for a second. How do we save Patrick Ewing, man? <laughs> Listen, man. You know... <laughs> You know, I you know, I, I've been on Twitter every day fighting on Ewing's behalf for these fools, these Georgetown fans who want to be fired. You know, I mean, this is what happened with Georgia. The big man left. That hurt us real bad. Now, I never seen a guy leave a program where the program hurts because he left and where he went to his uh, gameplay suffered badly. He's doing awful, Merlin. Well, hard. He's doing awful. Came here in the court. He having a very bad year. Uh, we had a kid named Trey King transferring with us. He, he had a uh, campus incident. Something happened on campus. Yeah, he got to be uh, kick, up, kick up the team. So basically, you have two starters, a center and a power forward. Gone. So now we got role players who are not starters. Bench players, not starters. Now these guys are getting catapulted to starters and playing starter minutes. And the talent level is not there. It's not there. We have no size. Um, we have Kenny Kane and Rice. He's good, but he's but he's a, a, a catch and shoot kind of guy. That's it. Nothing more than that. Um, a point guard named Dante Howard. He's pretty good, but uh, he's more of a scoring guard. And he can't facilitate. And he's too small. You know. So we got a lot of we got a lot of guys who are really bench players starting on our roster right now. So we have we have, we have we just have no talent on our team right now. No talent at all. But these, but these guys are blaming you for a guy catching the ball and taking a 30-foot jump shot with mad time on the clock and, and, and guys can't do a pick and roll. Has the ball with the guy's hand, could go through his hands. Guys can't strip straight up with no, with no um, help defense. I mean, I can go on and on and on and on. At the same time, he relying a lot on a freshman class. You know, but that ain't the issue, man. We have no talent, man. And the talent that is there, he ain't stepping up right now. But Pat is not the problem for sure. He's in my eyes anyway. I thought I, I figured I, I figured I slipped that in there. So yeah, guys, it's all good. That was him again. So thanks for coming together, man. Anybody got any last topics or last things they want to bring up? I'm just going back to my next one, one last time. I'm hoping we trade Randall. Uh, you gotta get him out. <laughs> yeah, listen, let's not fire Pat Ewan. He's not the problem. That's for sure. Um, I want to say uh, rest in peace to our moms. I know we were both families. My family died kind of low, low to our moms recently. That's why we ain't been on the show for a good amount of time. 
So uh, I won't say God bless our, our, our mothers who are blessing to have us in, in, her, in their lives, you know, and uh, thank you for everything for, I guess, your mom did for your guys, my mom did for us, for me, I should say. And um, our mom will be missed, man. God bless them and rest in peace. I got a, I got a sec, second that to you with me. Definitely with your mom. Rest in peace to, to your mom. Rest in peace to our mom. Listen, they definitely always be with us. It was great to listen to have them in our lives for the time. time that oh, yes. Been. Without question. Without question. Yeah. But again, guys, thanks, thanks for having you man. I look forward to getting back back going. Yeah, time. man. It's been a mile. been a while. Some different stuff coming up, man. I look forward to doing this again next week. Yes, man. Take care, fellas. Enjoy. All right. Later. Later.